Today on Nurses Voices, we're going to talk about long-term care, and you're going to meet some outstanding nurses, so stay tuned. This is Nurses Voices. Nurses Voices is supported by the Canadian Nurses Foundation and by the Canadian Nurses Association. This is Nurses Voices. I'm Gail Donner, and I'm Mary Wheeler. And we have a treat for you in this episode. You are going to meet two amazing nurses working in long-term care, proud of it, and doing amazing work. Uh, First of all, let me introduce you to Bahar Karimi, who is a registered nurse, a healthcare executive, and actually a PhD student as well. Bahar is passionate about long-term care and about compassionate leadership and is currently the administrator of Idlewild Manor, which is a 192-bed long-term care home in Hamilton, part of the Thrive Group. Sarah McNally is an RPN, registered practical nurse, with a passion for long-term care as well. And she's currently working at the Thrive Group's Idlewild Manor with Bahar. Uh, these two have lots to talk about, so we're going to get right right into it. And if I could, Sarah, I'm going to start with you. The pandemic has had an absolutely devastating effect on not just older persons, but anybody in long-term care. And it's been most pronounced in Ontario and in Quebec. And I know, Sarah, that you had experience right in the thick of it with a big outbreak and a lot of very sick and sadly residents also passed away. It was scary. And um, I just remember the resilience of of my team and how amazing the workers of long-term care are. And I remember specifically one shift stood out where I was working a 16-hour shift. We were right in the depths of the the outbreak and three o'clock rolled around and I had one PSW show up and we just kind of looked at each other and it was the two of us and we had about 25 residents and we didn't say a word. We just started working. All we cared about was our residents. So we, we started working. And I remember standing in front of a room and I was I was tying up my gown to go in. And behind me, somebody came up and, and started tying my gown. And I looked behind me and the management team was on the floor. They were they were delivering trays and they were doing care. And then about a half an hour after that, all of the PSWs that were assigned to that home area, they came into their shift and um, they just started working and many of them, it was their only day off in, in two weeks and they showed up and within probably about a half an hour, we had eight people on the floor working when it was just meant to be the two of us. Those are the stories that that I want people to hear and, and there's so much negativity in the media mm-hmm. and they're not hearing these heroic stories of the incredible people of long-term care that I work with. and we all just have this drive, it seems, and, and we care about our residents so much and, and it keeps us going. Incredible. I was going to follow up a little bit and maybe you could talk a little bit about the residents themselves and how how in this kind of crisis you determined 
who needed what, when, how. It was hard. We obviously had to limit all family members from coming in. So that there was this huge lack of social connection for our residents and that's mm -hmm. huge for them because that's their connection with the outside world. As much as I wanted to do medically, like as a nurse, I, I knew they needed so much more. And mm -hmm. so a lot of what we focused on was video calls and, and one of the things we did was um, the family members of the residents came in and they decorated the courtyard for Christmas with all these Christmas lights and mm -hmm. and lit up for a couple weeks and it was it was incredible and and those are the things that they needed the most during that time. Is that how you met Bahar? You were both working in the same facility? And our paths kind of crossed differently and and that um my director of care from that home knew Bahar and they brought me on board to, to Thrive Group. So we were working different places, but as soon as I met Bahar, I was like, I want to work for her. She's, she's incredible. She's inspirational and uh, huge in the long-term care field. So maybe it's a good chance, Bahar, for you uh, to talk a little bit about your experience. In the beginning of the pandemic, I was also working somewhere else. And that home was, was a high-risk home just because of the age of the building and the population of uh, the residents that we were uh, serving and just the location, which was downtown Toronto. And the numbers of COVID-positive cases were high. And then we did not know much about COVID. So a lot of things that we were doing were guessing games and we were really trying very, very hard to keep ourselves up to date with the directives that we were receiving, with the directions that we were getting from public health units, from the ministry. And I have the similar experience as, as Sarah does, although we were lucky that COVID didn't hit our home and our residents hard, although the risk was very, very high. The heroism of our team members, our residents, their family members was inspiring. And the resiliency that Sarah observed, I did as well every day. Um, and I feel that um, although this pandemic has put our sector in a highlight and our gaps in the sector has been really highlighted. Also, the compassion, the resiliency, um, the competency of uh, those who work in long-term care uh, sector is also being highlighted as well, especially during the first several months of the pandemic that we were working with pretty much no knowledge and we were really hit hard. The sector was really hit hard. So then you moved to where you are now and you're the administrator, Bahar, where you are now. It was not an easy decision. I loved and I still do love my previous home so much. That's my family that I left behind in the middle of a pandemic. But that home was in good hands. I knew that we had mm -hmm. good structure in place. The, the capacity was there to for the home to move on without me. I also have a big love for Thrive Group. I actually worked for Thrive Group before I became an administrator. Um, so I knew, knew the, the team very, very well. So uh, when the opportunity came up and this home was new to me, Idlewild is new to me, but it's walking distance from home. I mm -hmm. felt that I... Uh, 
um, uh, can actually have some work-life balance uh, mm -hmm. for myself. I can actually walk to home. I can give back to my own neighborhood and my community. And I felt that I was needed more in this home. It was a family to me as well. So that was a, a hard decision, which was also easy. Then Sarah, you followed Bahar. What drew you there? I think the big thing with them is innovation and trying new things. And that is a huge thing in long-term care, especially when you're working with things like dementia, you have to be creative. And I I found in other homes a hesitancy to, to try new things and Thrive Group is all about that. And, and we're constantly trying new things. And, and that was a really important Thing to me. Can you tell us maybe a bit about an innovation? We have big plans for a memory care unit. And mm -hmm. right now we've started cleaning up the area because we're going to create all these different stations. We're going to have a, a section for a, kind of like a laundry room, a kitchen, mm -hmm. things like that. I'm so impressed with the two of you. Often long-term care is profiled, people are leaving. But when I listen to the two of you, there's so much energy and compassion, and this is where you want to be. What makes it work for the two of you? When I decided that I want to start my leadership journey in long-term care, I was discouraged. I was told that I'm too smart for long-term care. I'm too mm -hmm. passionate for long-term care. I can grow very fast and I can develop my career much faster if I go into acute care. That was actually a sign for me because I had experience as a frontline staff mm -hmm. in all sorts of sectors, in the hospital sector, in community, in home care, uh, and in long-term care. And I knew that if that's what the world outside is perceiving long-term care to be, that doesn't deserve smart people or passionate people. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I want to be. What draws me every day to our sector is that you get to be competent, skilled, also compassionate. You get to build relationships. You get to demonstrate leadership every day, regardless if you are frontline staff or you have an official uh, leadership position, you get to go to work every day and lead. If you are innovative, this is the sector to be, especially these days. Yes. And yeah. a lot of innovation is happening. And I know I have many friends in different long-term care homes. And I hear the stories of long-term care homes every day that they actually not only are promoting evidence-based practices and best practices, they are promoting promising practices, those that they're not tested yet, but they have lots of potential to change the level of care and the quality of life that our residents are receiving within the sector. It's funny you use the two promising practices. I'm looking at Sarah and thinking, mm -hmm. you're also looking at promising professionals, promising mm -hmm. nurses. Similar to Bahar, I really felt the stigma around long-term care. I, I actually did my pre-grad placement for school in long-term care. And I remember specifically my lab instructor coming over and she said, don't worry, just get through this. Then you can get a real job in a hospital. Oh, mm -hmm. It was my favorite experience. I did my two mm -hmm. previous placements in acute care and I got into long-term care and felt this is where I want to be. And I think the biggest thing is that 
the people working in long-term care have a passion for it and they want to mm -hmm. be there mm -hmm. and they have this drive that keeps them going and and you often hear of these crazy 16-hour shifts that long-term care workers do and it's because we love our job we love to mm -hmm. be there there's always so much room to grow there's different areas i mean you have palliative care you have responsive behavior management so many different things and i also love that it focuses on people as a whole in acute care if you have cardiac issues you go to a cardiac unit if you have renal issues renal but in long-term care we focus on everything what both of you have said about the stigma and the kind of discouragement that younger nurses, newer nurses get. What has your recruitment experience been? I actually um, have been a personal support worker, an RPN, and an RN myself in the front line. Recruitment is hard. What we have uh, done specifically at Idlewild Manor is highlighting what is going on in the home that is positive that is motivating. And I think that has been really successful for us because especially during COVID, we also experience uh, being short-staffed, but that didn't bring us down. We still realize that we're in people's home and we're their family. So there was always music, there was always color, there was always dance, laughter. Our residents still continue to help our staff members to decorate. The, the home areas, the door of the home areas, there's always a theme happening. And we started to highlight those pieces that are happening in our home that shows that our lives are not just full of COVID. We're actually living our lives and we are right now connected to our residents more than ever before because then they need us more than ever before. They get to see just one family member and that's it. So we become their family members. I think the key success for Thrive Group and, and specifically Idlewild was to highlight those moments that show that you come and join us and you feel that motivation, mm -hmm. passion and success with us. Well, it's interesting, Bahar, because I follow you on social media and I've mentioned to Gail recently, that's what you do. You post all the things that are happening and I see the comments from other people. And that's an amazing way to tell an amazing story. I listened to this, the struggle families have had over the last more than a year. How do you re-engage families now? Families have been our rocks. They have been just wonderful, so understanding, so supportive. We are all suffering together. They are living the, the life of the pandemic just like anyone else, although they're missing loved ones who live in long-term care so much. They also understand that the risk is still high. So they have been very resilient and we need to take care of them as well. As nurses, we feel responsible that we need to support these caregivers, family members to get through this trauma and to get back to um, what life was normal, whatever that was. Sarah, just on that same theme, right at the front line, you must have experienced family being distressed? A big thing for us was going virtual with a lot of things. And we tried to integrate window visits and video calls and things. And I found a lot of the times I spent was just 
calling family members. And even if I didn't have something super important to tell them, they just wanted to, to hear your voice and to hear how their loved ones were doing. You talk about compassion. I think that's what you that's, both talked yeah. about that. That's what I'm hearing. I'm wondering, because our time is just about up, whether there's something either of you feel strongly that you would like to say. Is there any message you would like to give? The biggest thing would just be to to give long-term care a chance. And, and mm -hmm. even if you're young and, and just going into the field, don't listen to the voices around you telling you that it's somewhere where people go when they retire. There's so much room to grow as a young nurse. And I would just tell everybody to, to give it a chance because I love it. it it's my passion absolutely agree with sarah and what we have highlighted today for you sarah and i is good things about ida wild manor but i want to tell you these things happen in all long-term care homes that passion that compassion that beautiful life that we we try to make for our residents that is where you can actually grow your leadership skills very very fast and you can you can get as innovative and as creative that you want to be so i agree with sarah give us a chance really all i can say is thank you doesn't quite quite say how meaningful this has been. I think nurses across Canada, as you said earlier, need to hear there's so much positive energy, compassion, professionalism happening in long-term care. And this is the future. I'm thinking uh, if we have enough of you, long-term care is in great hands. Thank you both very, very much. This has been really a special episode. Well, I don't know about you, Mary, but that was amazing. Those that two was great. are, like I said, poster women for long-term care. So on that theme, what, what, what was your takeaway? Well, there were a couple of takeaways, but the one that is just resonating for me builds on the conversation we had with Chantel and Chantel. And if you recall, they talked about storytelling being a skill and that education was really important. And that's what I heard here again, is that th what education, it, it, like for example, Bahar and Sarah, they should be teaching long-term care programs or teaching in some, some faculty. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that is a very powerful message. Imagine being told you're too smart for long-term care. Where, where do we need smart, creative people if not long-term care? Not just now, but in the future. But, you know, I'm also struck with this is bigger than just long-term care. This is about where do young people, even kids in school, where do they learn about the valuing of aging, of people with disabilities, of people who have to live in a long-term care home, hopefully a home, not an institution? And where are they going to start to value? And then we don't even say the same thing to people in long-term care as we do to people in acute care. So as a society, as a profession, as a sector, the valuing just isn't there. Neither of the residents, neither of the professionals and the workers who, who work there. That's the sad part to me. Now, I, 
That's so true, Gail, because if you are working in a world or a sector where people are putting you down, as even Sarah said, all the stories are all the things that are going wrong in long-term care. Why aren't we talking about things that are going right in long-term care? So then you have the fear of families and individuals. Oh my God, I don't want to send someone to long-term care, my family member. We need to be really flipping this to say, Uh, Just as you talked about, there is value in these settings. The individuals that are working there are professional, they're smart, they're experts, and that this, this is a place where individuals both people working within long term care and those using long term care have the potential to thrive. We hope you'll give us some feedback. Go to www.nursesvoices.ca. Give us some feedback. We'd like to hear from you because maybe that's the way to start some of what we've been talking about. It would be great to hear from other nurses in long-term care and about their experience. Nurses Voices is created by Donner Wheeler. It is supported by the Canadian Nurses Foundation and the Canadian Nurses Association. Nurses' Voices is produced by Sector Limited.